Like I was questioned in one of my jobs before, like, how do you speak to customers, like clients and brands? I'm like, like I'm speaking to you. That's just how I speak. And it doesn't ever take away from who you are, what you could achieve, your ability. And if I can give like anyone any lesson, it's like be your true authentic self. Hi, I'm Angelica Bell and welcome to the show. Now, whether you're an aspiring startup, a savvy small business or leading an established enterprise, we want to bring you inspiring stories and fresh knowledge that will help you grow in confidence. Join me as I speak to successful entrepreneurs and leaders and find out how they overcame obstacles and grabbed opportunities to help their businesses thrive. You can also catch Holly Mackay and Ashita Cabra-Davies on our extra show as they talk about trending issues faced by businesses everywhere. Well, today I'm joined by Laura Southern, the founder of House of Lady Muck, a successful beauty and lifestyle brand that grew out of humble beginnings. We're going to be discussing how to attract the right staff and hold on to them. Well, Laura, to kick off the show, we like to give our guests a challenge to explain their business story in 60 seconds or less. So for anyone who doesn't know about your business journey, um, being the founder of House of Lady Muck, can you tell us about the business and how it all started? House of Lady Muck was born out of the need to create a luxurious beauty and lifestyle environment that's really accessible to everyone. A brand with heart and personality. My mum used to call me Lady Muck and that's where the term comes from. Um, like, who do you think you are, Lady Muck? And I'd be like, yes, I do. So that I needed to put that in my brand name and then we call it H-O-L-M, which is home. So you play on the whole home is where the heart is, no place like home. And then we've created experiences through nail salons, um, pop-up product shops, and now we've got a full product range online, which is very elevated. Um, It's all made in the UK. It's natural ingredients. It's self-care for your everyday. So every little bit of your rituals throughout your day, like having your bath, like going to bed and de-stressing, spraying your pillow with pillow spray. We've made products to make to basically fulfill your self-care needs every day. So it's all about you. It's about who you are. You're not changing your, yourself. Um, and you're quite out there. You're just like, this is me. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I feel like, yeah, again, that's from my upbringing about be your true self, be authentic. Don't let anyone tell you can't do anything. Like, obviously, the way I speak and stuff, I am very, I don't change for anyone. Like I was questioned in one of my jobs before, like how do you speak to like clients and brands? I'm like, like I'm speaking to you. I'm not putting on a voice or changing the way I speak or and out pronouncing my T's. So like I don't do that. I don't, like I want a glass of water. I don't say I want a glass of water. Like that's just how I speak. And it doesn't ever take away from who you are, what you could achieve, your ability. Like it's, it's, it's that's how you are. And if I can give you like anyone any lesson, it's like be your true authentic self because no one can take that away from you. And even though I was questioned on it, I proved them all wrong. It never hindered me. I had such a, I was so proud of my career in fashion. I was so respected. And now I've built this brand pretty much single-handedly in the beginning. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, definitely, we've got to be your true self. Have you ever felt in the past that you've had to change? You know, a lot of people talk about that, how you know it takes some time to find, you know, their authentic selves. But have you, has that always been part of you because of your upbringing, growing up in London and you're having that strong family unit? 
yeah, I just believe I've always been really, I've known who I am always. I don't really remember a time where I haven't. I've just known that I'm no nonsense. I'm straight talking. What you see is what you get. Um, I'll deal with things head on. I don't shy away from things. And you need a resilience like that to be a founder. Like there have been instances where suppliers have let me down. They're not getting back to my emails. And it's like I've had to go to their offices and have a really frank conversation and just be like, right, we're not working together anymore. I need I need to take my products back and we draw a line under it. And it's like if I was scared to have done that, I would have lost money and I would have lost business. So it's just like being confident in who you are, but being respectful and just being open and honest with people. And yeah, I do feel like I've always known who I am. And I just, I am a truth teller. Like I don't like people being wronged. I don't like people being caught out in lies. It's just like, for me, it's all about just being transparent with people. And that's how you get the best out of people in business, I feel. And do you think because you have, you know, those sets of morals that attracts those sort of people to you, the right people who you want to have in your business? Yeah, I do believe that I, a lot of my team are a representation of definitely the ethos of the brand, which is an extension of me for sure. And I actually spoke to Keely, her name is, who is my first now tech who now makes candles. I actually spoke to her saying, why did you take the risk coming with us? Because you was in an established salon. And she was like, because you made me feel so comfortable I completely agreed with how you spoke about things. You're always so polite to me. Like she's had nightmare clients. So she was like, you can tell how people speak to like how someone interacts with someone. It's, it's an extension of yourself and how you treat people. So it definitely, I've always had that feedback as a boss in terms of we get on with you. So that's why we stay with you for sure. Now, Laura, you said you pretty much did this all on your own and you've done a great job. So what advice would you give to anyone who's thinking about starting a small business? I think in the beginning, if you're thinking of starting, it's, I feel like just understand your the market you want to go into, the industry, um, what you're offering, so your USP, um, what is there a demand for it? And then what I had to do in the beginning was I had to work, I set it up as a side hustle, so I still worked in a full-time job in the fashion industry. And then I did this in the evenings and weekends. So it wasn't as easy as I'll quit my job, start a brand and overnight get a top shop deal. It was like, that was 18 months in of me doing two jobs and then getting to the point where, so the social media, the understanding and the the concept, um, training yourself to understand who your market is, what the demand is. And then it's only when I got the Topshop deal that I quit my day job. So, Laura, in a way, your business was not plan B. You just sort of tested the water first, but still gave yourself security. Oh, completely. Like, I didn't have money in the bank to just quit my job. That would be the dream. <laughs> that would have been the dream. Oh, I've got loads of money about quit my job and see if this works. I wasn't in that situation so it's like the only way I can do this is if I have to do work, do work from the ground up myself and start it up until there's enough money to pay my salary and I can pay my rent and don't get me wrong there's been times where in the pandemic I had to downsize my flat I sold everything that I owned of value to pay my rent like jewelry artwork I did data entry jobs to pay my rent and it's like 
for me, it, it's not all about it just happened overnight and then you make money. It's like you do get these hurdles along the way and it's I think it's how you deal with them. And I just believed in the brand so much. I'm, like, I'm not giving up and I'm going to put everything into this. You said before that when you told people about your nail concept in the, in the beginning, many of them just shot it yeah. down and said, you know, it's not going to work. Saturated market. How did you go about getting potential team members to buy into what you were doing? So I feel like when I was told that, I, I don't know if it was a, like a naive thing to think, but I thought, I used to think, but I don't own those other nail salons. Like my personality isn't there. My experience isn't there. I do believe I can do something special and make a difference and have like disrupt the market. So I was always very clear on my concept. Like I created mood boards, vision boards. I had Pinterest boards, social media. I started and just did loads of inspirational shots. So when I was showing it to people, talking to people, they could see how serious I was. It wasn't just a pipe dream idea that I was just talking about. And I feel like I was yeah clear on the concept, always explained my experience previously because I was so proud of what I'd achieved. Um, and I feel like people bought into the whole vision of the brand and trusted me to deliver. And so... So they, you, because you were prepared, you say, because you were prepared, knew what you wanted, yeah. it was quite easy to, to bring them over onto your side and your way of thinking. Yeah, I feel like if you're, if you're sitting there with clear ideas, clear vision, this is what I'm going to do. And I just started doing things. So I did a now course. So then I started doing nails at events. So we started putting that on social media. Then we started getting DMs for more events. So then people could see that there was a demand for it. So it wasn't just me going with an idea that hasn't been born yet or wasn't going to make any money. So it's like, I think you have to have self-belief, be passionate, be clear on your brand vision and people will buy into that. If, I really do believe that. And that's what, when you're a buyer and you're, you're pitching to brands, they buy into you first and then they buy into the business behind you. It, relationships are so important in business. Well, finding talented people can be tough. Did you use standard recruitment channels when hiring your team or was there another avenue um, you used to find the right people? I think it's been a mix so it's been word of mouth um, recommendations through people that I know because obviously I've got a vast uh, black book of contacts from 15 years of doing what I did and fashion and beauty do cross over um, using recruiters such as Indeed, using social media, Facebook groups. Facebook groups are really key, actually, for recruiting. At the moment, there's flexible working people groups. So if you know someone's got a family and they don't want to work full time and I need someone part time, going down different avenues to find someone. So it's just about being open and honest about what what hire you want to make and how they are the needs of your business and just be transparent when you're recruiting with, with when you speak to people. Well, during the startup part of the business journey, things can move very quickly, as we know. And as a business owner, you could find that your business is moving rapidly and therefore you have to expand your team. So what guidance do you have for how people should go about finding the right talent to help them? OK, so I think it's be clear on your vision of your brand, be clear on your structure. Um, who are you looking for? Uh, what are the cultures of your business? Um, what sort of per personalities fit into your business? What's the job spec? Be clear on uh, their responsibilities, what they'll be accountable for. Um, be clear on your end goal for the business. And I think that's always what I've learned from my buying days is what's the bigger picture? 
it's not just looking at now. It's like, what's this business going to be in a year? What is your um, progression opportunity? So just being clear on what you need from someone. And then when you're recruiting someone, being completely transparent with them about that. But when your business grew, it grew quite rapidly. What problems did you face? Oh, I feel like it was definitely in terms of as a founder, it, it was it was so such aggressive growth. It was like I didn't have enough hours in the day to get the work done. Um, as your team grows, you can't. Where I used to have one to ones with two or three people every week, when you've got a team of ten plus, it's hard to basically put the FaceTime of everyone. So I learned a lesson that then I had to bring in a manager to help me manage those conversations because you can't do it all. And it's just about understanding when you need the, the help to grow the business at the right time. So what tips could you give other people if you want to keep your team together as your business grows with speed? So for sure, we so communication. Communication, communication is key. So they need to understand what their job role is, where the business is going, and also camaraderie. Like we have WhatsApp groups of all the team on it. Um, we have team meetings. Uh, we go. We all go out together. We have socials together. Um, we've got an open, transparent relationship. So I'm approachable. Then come to me with anything. Um, I empower them. So I'm not a micromanager. I don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to be micromanaged most of the time. So it's like empowering them, give them freedom to grow and be independent within the business as well. And that's how they challenge themselves and learn. And I guess you have to have an element of trust then with the people you oh, employ. Completely. completely. It's like I try, I held on for so long, on, but it's like you, you can't do that. You almost, I almost needed to step away, allow them to make mistakes, allow them to grow because that, that's normal. That's part of being a human being. And what I do is I never, I do, I'm not, I never have a go at anyone. If there's a mistake, we just talk about it. We learn from it. We move on. We don't dwell on things. We just build from it. Well, like you said, you're only as good as the people around you. And you've clearly got a great team with you at House of Lady Mark. Can you tell us what you've done to help retain those talented team members? Because that's, yeah, it's one thing sure. having them, but, you know, people want to grow and they want to, you know, yeah. expand and, and develop as well. I think in terms of retention, I think it's a mix of being clear on the, their development, how they're growing as a person in this business, um, understanding their what they want from the business. So obviously you're going to get different people all the time. You're going to get someone that's happy doing their day job, getting their head down get, and they're taking down their wages. And then you're going to get someone like that's not enough for them. How do I get to the next level? So first it's understanding each progression for each person. And then when your business is able to do it, it's it's a mix of monetary, so promotions, pay rises, and then also self and personal development in the business. I think there's definitely a balance of both of those things. Okay, but what, and for you though, Laura, I mean, what where do you see your business going? You must have plans to expand and and to keep developing. Oh yeah, definitely. We we want to organically grow our business in the UK. So we're in talks with other retailers at the moment. So definitely um, it will allow us to elevate and our brand in the UK for sure. We've not even really touched the sides and we've only been going. So with the product, the full range, really, we've only been going 18 months because obviously we did the pivot in the pandemic from nails to product because Topshop closed. 
Yeah, how was that? Well, obviously, you set up this business. You had the yeah. base in Topshop, a fantastic space, you know, with a huge amount of footfall. Yeah. And then to see the world change and see that just go, I mean, how did you feel about your business? Did you think this was it or did you straight away, you know, kick into survival mode and think, right, how do we diversify? Do you know what? I think you've hit the nail on the head. It was, it was survival mode. Like, I had a little pity party for about two weeks. So I was like, right, you've had your like downtime you I'm going to save this brand it was devastating like we had this massive space this massive team it was gone overnight um and then obviously the pandemic shut us and then Topshop closed so I was like right I used to be a buyer I know how to present product I know how to develop product I love that industry the beauty industry let's put my skills to the test and develop a product range and keep the brand name and we had the demand and the following from the from the salons so people trusted us. They trusted us to do their nails and then they trusted our ability to produce products because we had a good reputation. So definitely the risk has paid off for sure. And then so what happened then? So the risk shut down and then did you have to contact other people? Did you have to, you, you know, well, how did it work? Oh, it was massive blows. So what we did, we shut, we had to shut. And then obviously Topshop shut. So what we did was when the pandemic was over, we took a small space in Hackney and did a pop-up for a year. So it was able to give my team a chance to basically get back into the business and allow our clients to still get their nails done. So we took space in Hackney for a year. And then in that year, behind the scenes, I was developing product. So we did research. We reached out to um, local UK makers and factories we worked together with to produce scents for bar foils, candles, diffusers, um, got it all made in Margate and then started putting those products into the salons. And then as soon as our year up was year up at the pop up, the salon was over in Hackney. We then focused solely on the product because it grew so aggressively. Did you have a, a sense of responsibility to look after, you know, your team, those people who had built up business? I mean, that's a a big thing when you think, oh goodness, am I going to be able to pay them? You know, what they're going to do? Yeah, it was devastating. Like it's, it was so, and I think I used to give myself such a hard time and everyone used to be like, right, it's out of your control. Like this would, if this, if the pandemic hadn't have hit, this would never have happened. And we would still have this big team in the Topshop space. I know Topshop closed, we didn't know that was going to happen. Um, So that's why like, Wherever I could, I've kept team members. So my first ever team member that started with me four years ago used to be a nail tip for me. She now pours candles for me. So it's like where where I could, I've kept people on and then developed and changed their job role to keep them in the business. So what you've done with your talented team is challenge them and put them in different roles so they can grow. Um, and is that sort of your sort of strategy to keep hold of those amazing team members? Yeah, I feel like I'm very open and honest. I'll be like, right, this is what's happening. These are the options. Do you want to go down that road because we're not doing nails anymore? Or do you want to stay with me and learn a new skill and go down this road? And it's just about being transparent, what we're going to achieve in the business. And, you know, some would say no, some have said yes. And it's just being it's just being completely honest. Like it wasn't ideal what's happened, but I've done my best to pivot the business and able to give someone a job. And they're enjoying it. Like she's thriving, which is amazing to see. No, yeah, that's brilliant. And obviously with the changes of working life, looking to be permanently altered, people are looking for more purpose, like you said, as well as higher salaries. 
Um, yeah. What would you do to create an environment for these types of people to thrive? I know you've mentioned it a bit. You know, is that where you're looking to expand internationally? You're thinking build build the brand and then you can keep those people and then there's bigger opportunities for them. Completely that. Like the team with me now, I want to take them with me forever. Like when we all sit down together, it's like, right, my vision is we have an amazing head office. We do hybrid working. You can be flexible with your families. Um as long as you we clear on your on your job role and you're accountable for your workload, manage it in your own time. Like if you need to finish early to put your kids up, it's absolutely fine. If you need to go doctors, it's absolutely fine. It's not it's not this old school mentality of like you need to be at your desk nine to five and I want to know what you're doing all day. It's like being part of this bigger vision. And I imagine amazing head office with a creche. Bring your dogs in. Like we've got a cocktail bar there. Like we're enjoying each other's company. We're having a drink at the end of the day to celebrate. Like wins it's about celebrating the wins together as well and just having that sense of camaraderie that that's how I envision it to be in the future for sure I bet you're proud of what you've achieved so far though you know even with all these changes you know you just I think when you're talking to me I feel like you're just like you can't believe it yourself yeah yeah, exactly that I think it's just happened so quickly um I feel I feel this is what I'm not good at I don't ever reflect on what I've done or celebrate things and I'm trying to do that more because when you I think founders will understand this you start what's the next thing what's the next thing what can we do yes we've done that what we're going to do now how we can get to the next level and it can be exhausting so I think it is definitely you need to reflect and take and celebrate what what you've done along the way for sure but yeah I do feel sometimes like wow pinch myself the best piece of advice you've ever received Laura one of my bosses uh, said to me once, you are responsible for your own journey. And I said, I'd be like, but aren't you? <laughs> aren't you just going to promote me? He's like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought, oh, just, just give it to me because I deserve it. He's like, no, no, no. It's about earning things. So it's like that was a wake up call. And from then, so that was probably when I was like 25. I'm nearly 40 now. I know you can't believe it. But. That was like wow! No, I you don't have to tell everyone that. Journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Face of an angel, baby face. But it taught me right. If I want something, I've got to go and get it. No one else is going to give it to me. Like, and you've got to speak up. I've done this. This is what I'm going to do. And I feel like that in fashion, it's very um, competitive. There's a lot of voices, and it's like get your head down, do your job, tell people what you've done. So it's definitely, again, linking back to communication. Well, I want to end on a positive note, Laura. What has been your proudest business moment? I feel my proudest business moment is when we launched our product, when it went live on ASOS, um, because that took, it was such hard work to develop that product range. It was a risk. But to have meetings with buyers, beauty buyers that say, we love your brand, and we want this on site was just unbelievable. And we learned so much. And it was, yeah, when I saw those images go live and we've had such a successful start, we've been on there just over a year now and they're placing repeat orders all the time. So we know that it's working because customers are buying it. That's, a pr- that's the proudest moment for me when I know I've done the right thing. So the dream came true. Yeah, it came true. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for talking to me and sharing your experience. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining me and our stellar guest, Laura Southern, on the episode. Now, next week, Holly and Ashita will be on our extra show as they discuss why hanging on to talent can be hard and giving you practical steps on how to attract and retain the right staff. And if today's episode inspired you, please head to our website to find out more insights and potential solutions that could help you take action today. Until next time.